Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast, The Black Dog Kennel. My name's Luke and this show is about mental health. I created this podcast to build a community and a safe space for anyone to come to to listen to some of my own issues that I've dealt with with anxiety and depression. I hope that it can help you if you're dealing with this or if you know someone that is dealing with it. Thanks heaps for the support. Thanks for listening and we'll get into it. Thanks guys. Well, here it is, guys. Uh, the first episode here, and uh, yeah, she's been a bit, bit of a hard one. This, um, this is all pretty new to me, and talking into a microphone, and um, yeah, it's a bit strange. So, bear with me while I'm trying to feel a bit more comfortable doing this, and uh, obviously talking about mental health and um, some of my struggles is a little bit triggering at times, and um, so if I start stumbling and mumbling. Um, I do apologize and I'll try and regain my uh, focus and whatever it is that I'm talking about. So, yeah, um, I guess I I did want to talk about, obviously, when I first started um, getting, I guess, the symptoms of anxiety and um, all that. And I was going to start off with a whole life story, but I think that'll be a bit boring. So, um, yeah, hopefully I'm not going to mumble on too much about too much shit, but um yeah trying to get to the point a bit more of it all and um yeah so I guess I just wanted to talk more about when I first started getting panic attacks and um I didn't even know that they what a panic attack was and I didn't even know that they were panic attacks I would um I'd be driving around and um going to the shops or wherever it might be and I would just feel really like claustrophobic in my car and then I'd feel like all the doors were like closing in on me and um, all that sort of gross feeling and then I'd start feeling really dizzy and that would freak me out. So I'd quickly like pull over my car and get a bit of air and I'd be feeling all right. And I'd just always put it down to being like maybe a bit hungover or even if I wasn't hungover, I'd, I would just try and find some reason what, what the hell that was all about. And yeah, I guess it just started becoming more frequent and, um, yeah, just like maybe a little bit worse as well. And um, it took a long time for it to start getting more frequent. So that's why I never really thought about it too much. But um, yeah, it just started getting worse. And like I'd be in bed at night and would be like trying to fall asleep. And um, I'd just be having like these, like that dizziness feeling. And I'd feel like I'd almost fall off the bed. But then I'd also feel like uh, I was just scared, like, um, I don't know how to explain the scared feeling, but it was just like a really unsafe feeling and um, so, like almost wanted to go to your mum and give her a hug and let her know, like she can let you know that everything's all right and um, sort of scared like when you're a kid almost. So um, if that makes any fucking sense, I don't know, but that's how I'd describe it anyway. But um, yeah, so it just got like that and um yeah, it sort of just sort of stemmed a little bit more to like more frequently again. And uh, I remember there was a time where I was even eating some pizza and um, I just felt really sick from it and I started vomiting. And then like I had that same feeling of like the tunnel vision and I, was, I ended up like was I called my mum and I was crying and I was on the phone to her and I was just like, I need you to come home. I need this. I need that. And like it was, yeah, just like freaky, just scared the shit out of me. So um yeah eventually went to sleep that night and um 
didn't really think much of it. And then I, I guess when it was starting to get more like that, that's when I sort of thought more into it and was like, what is this that's happening to me? Like, why is that happening out of nowhere? And um, yeah, I guess I sort of thought it, maybe it's anxiety or maybe it's panic attacks, or, but I don't think it would be because I don't, I don't have that and that's not real. And that's, that was my thought process on it. And um, yeah, it fucking uh, is definitely very real. And um, I, I come to realize that when I, I had a panic attack one day and I always say this is like my per- my first panic attack, but um, obviously it wasn't my first panic attack, but there was a, there was a day there where I uh, went to the shops after a, a silly Sunday drinking with my football mates and um, doing all that sort of stuff. And um, yeah, I went to the shops with my sister the next day and she, she went in and got what she needed and she was said, she'll wait in the car and, I was just in there trying to get some food and um, yeah, I remember just started feeling this, uh, this almost like I was about to black out that tunnel vision and the dizziness and the hot sweats and all that sort of stuff. And yeah, it really fucking freaked me out. So I threw everything onto the shelf and I remember just running, running through the express lane, just like past all these people. And I like ran outside and I was just like, wanted to go. And then, I sort of like had that fresh air and I was in a bit more of an open area. So I, I sort of relaxed and then I just sort of thought like, what the fuck was that? Cause that had never happened to me like that. And I was like, no, you're just being a fucking dickhead. Go back in and grab your shit and go home. And so I went back into the shops and grabbed the stuff off the shelf. And I was obviously thinking a lot about what the hell just happened. And I think it sort of triggered for it to happen again. And um, yeah, I, I, was was in the lineup and yeah, I was getting the tunnel vision again and um, the the dizziness and I just fucking I went back and and I just threw everything on the on the um, shelf and I done it again. I just left. I ran through and I just I just went in uh, back into my car and I didn't say anything to my sister of what had happened because sort of freaked me out a lot and I remember getting in the car and driving home and I um. I remember I overtook this this uh, Toyota Corolla or Camry, whatever it was. I still remember that that part of it for some reason. And like I don't know, I just wanted to get home. I overtook him on a on a stupid part of the road where I shouldn't have done it. Done it, but I guess I was in that flight or whatever whatever they call it, flight or fright mode, whatever it's called. But um, yeah. Um, so I uh got home and I quickly jumped out of my car and my sister got out of the car, I quickly ran up inside and I, I went into my bedroom and I had those roller shutters on my on my window. So I put that down. So I had all the darkness in my room. I had the curtains closed for a bit of extra darkness and I fucking, uh, I just got into bed and I shut my door and uh, yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't, I went, I went to sleep and I didn't know what the fuck that was. And it, I then, I really was just like, I think I went back to sleep and I woke back up again and it was on my mind and I was just so scared and I didn't know what to think was going on. And um, yeah, I I actually like, I grew up with epilepsy uh, from when I was, I think I was seven years old when I had my first ever seizure and um, I had my last one, I think when I was 13 years old. Um, so when I was 13, my doctor actually... Um, he 
said that I had grown out of grown out of it because the seizures had stopped and um, growing up, I guess, from the ages of seven till I'm not sure how old, how old I was, but it, it sort of stopped. And um, when I was a little bit older, getting towards my teens, and uh, yeah, I think I think that that panic attack that I had in the shops that day, like, just triggered my whole memory or something, like, in my brain to 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 my epilepsy or something, and um, all of a sudden I was just really scared about epilepsy. Like, I even growing up with it, I was never really scared of it, and even when I stopped having it and through high school, I was never scared of it, and I could always talk about it and it was fine. But then after my that panic attack. I was just like, I didn't even want to say the word epilepsy. I didn't want to say the word seizure. Like, there's no way I would say it. I would just be like, avoid it. Because I thought if I said those words, I was going to have one. So, um, yeah, it was it was, a, it was a big struggle for a long time um, when it comes to that sort of stuff. And, like, if I was watching a movie and, like, someone would be, like, having a seizure in there or they will talk about it, I'd be like, I'd just try and, like, block my ears or, just I'll I'll turn it off or whatever it might be because it just freaked me out so much and I thought if I heard those words it was going to happen to me so I don't know it's funny it's it's funny that a panic attack just like triggered my mind into when I was younger and like bring all that I guess like that trauma from when I was younger of having seizures and being in and out of hospital a lot and um, all the tests that I used to have to have and all that sort of stuff, it just like triggered everything and bring all that up again. And yeah, it was fucking scary shit. So yeah, I really struggled when it come to like my panic attacks and um, I was, especially when it was like first started. Cause I always just thought that that's what it was, what it was happening to me was that, but it obviously wasn't, it was the anxiety and I, uh, my mum wanted me to go to the doctors after, after when I when I went into my room that day, I just I, I stayed in there for like two weeks. I kept calling my work and telling them that I was, um, I was unwell and um, whatever the excuse was, and um, yeah, eventually I just had to tell my parents that I was having these panic attacks and what was going on, and um, told my work as well, and um, yeah, that was pretty shit to have to, I guess, um, talk about it with, with everyone else. And cause I didn't even accept it. So I didn't want to talk about it to anyone. And mum was saying that I need to go to the doctors and get some medication and all that sort of stuff. And I didn't want to go to the doctor cause that was scary. I didn't want to leave my front door. So I definitely didn't want to go to the doctors. And I eventually agreed with mum that I'll go to the doctors. And, um, she was, she was out, um, at a friend's house at the moment at the time. And, she said to come pick her up and we'll go down. So I uh, picked her up and told her she can drive because I hated driving. And um, yeah, she we, we were in the car and I just started crying. And I said, I can't do it. I can't go. And turned into a bit of an argument. And mum just ended up going home and knew that I, I couldn't do it. So um, yeah, we I just went home and went back into my room and was doing what I always do is like just isolate myself and looking back, just making things fucking worse for myself. So, um, yeah, I eventually agreed to go to the doctors again and we went into, into the doctor and I seen my doctor, um, 
and he prescribed me with these uh, sleeping tablets that were for like people with like insomnia. I think I can't remember what they were called, but yeah, I was I was actually going to take them, and um, eventually I sort of like thinking about it more, and I looked at like the side effects and what does it say on the side effects about frigging uh, epilepsy and it may cause well not epilepsy but it may cause seizures and as soon as I seen that I just threw the things out and I was just like there's no way I'm taking that I'm not I'm not giving myself that risk to have that and um yeah so I never I never took any of that medication and um I do remember that that night as well I was in the in the doctors and I actually had a panic attack while I was in the doctor's surgery and um I think that stems from when I was younger again is like I, when I was seeing my doctor for my epilepsy I remember having a seizure in my doctor's office one day and I had to get rushed to the hospital because of it and um yeah I think that just like triggers me as well now when um yeah it's just like um it sucks it's um yeah sorry um it was it was just yeah i had a panic attack in in the doctor's surgery and uh it i like ran out and my mum was like you need to go to the hospital and my, the doctor said you need to go to the hospital and get this looked at and i was just like obviously i didn't want to go to the hospital i didn't go to the hospital and um yeah so i just went home and kept living my life like that and um eventually i would go out on the weekends and I'd start drinking with my friends and that was just like, obviously now I look back just a stupid thing to do, but it was, it was the only thing that I could do that would actually get me out of the house and I wouldn't be scared to leave the front door and I would do that every weekend and go out drinking with my mates and go to the pub or go to a nightclub, whatever it might be and have a good old night on a Friday and a Saturday night and then Sunday would come and I'd just be straight back into that same square one again of panic attacks and can't sleep and all I could do was sleep and then like it was just like I wasn't working again and well I still wasn't working I should say and yeah it was just like a vicious cycle for like four months where I was just like not doing anything but I would go out on the weekends and I would just drink I never did drugs drugs are something that I've never like been into so um I am glad about that obviously because God knows what more could have happened if that was the case. But, um, yeah, I, I eventually started seeing a psychologist as well. I did a mental health care plan with my doctor. And, um, yeah, I seen a psychologist, which was really hard at the beginning. And I, I uh, found that really hard for the first, like, two times I went. I, I remember I just, like, finished my appointment and I'll just go home and just – isolate myself again, put the windows down and close my, close my door. And I'll just sleep for another couple of days. And, um, yeah, just living a really sad life, I guess. And, um, it's sort of, I'm trying to think of things that, that were happening at the time as I'm talking. And it was, it was a while ago now, it was about six years ago that this was going on. So things are a little bit gone in my memory now, but, um, yeah, it was just, um, I guess with the psychologist, it was it was hard for me to like talk about what was actually wrong, and I probably didn't tell her what was wrong until I started getting a little bit more comfortable. And um, 
which I think is pretty normal. But yeah, I didn't want to talk about my epilepsy. I didn't want to talk about the seizures. And that was like my main concern of what I was actually really anxious about. Like I didn't want to drive because I thought something might happen while I was driving or um, I guess my room was my safe space and my house was my safe place. So um, I didn't want to be anywhere other than my house or my room because if something went wrong, I didn't have my bed to go and lay in and isolate myself. So, um, yeah, that went on for a long time. And, um, yeah, it was just took a little while to, to start getting comfortable with my psychologist. And she gave me some really good, um, uh, exercises like breathing exercises and, um, some other things just to think about when it comes to like getting out of my comfort zone again. And, um, yeah, it was, it was really good. So, um, I guess coming from being in like a really isolated um, time where I just would, yeah, isolate myself and not want to talk to anyone or not, I like wouldn't even, wouldn't even really spend any time with my family, even though I lived with them at the time. And um, yeah, there was, it was really hard to like, to look back on and it, it sort of upsets me and it's something I haven't really spoken about. So it's, a little bit upsetting now to talk about even um, and a little bit triggering to be honest as well. So um, yeah, I I guess that's just something that that's just really like the beginning of it, of it all. And um, there's a lot of shit that had happened with work and um, my boss at the, at the time, he was just an absolute wanker and he had no sympathy. Well, not sympathy. Empathy is probably more the word is like, I'm looking for, but yeah, he just didn't have any understanding of what actually was going on. And, um, I don't think he really cared because he wasn't a very nice person. So, um, yeah, that was, that was tough. I sort of went back to work. Um, I had a meeting with like my HR and my dad had come along with me as well. And my boss and, um, a few other people as well. And, um, I agreed that I will work. I'll go back to work again part-time and um, that was still like really, really hard for me because like I didn't like to drive. I, I worked in the city and living down south, it's like a 45-minute to an hour drive and I would just be like, no, nah, I don't want to go, I don't want to go. So I would always like have sickies even though I was working part-time. I think I, think I started off working three days a week I, I decided on and it would be a Monday, Wednesday and a Friday. I would work and even then I still wasn't really going to work much and my boss got even more frustrated, which I guess now looking back, I can sort of understand the frustration of it. But at the same time, obviously I was going through some tough times and um, yeah, he didn't really make me feel very comfortable wanting to go back to work. And anyway, it's not about him and all his bullshit because I don't really want to talk about the bloke, but um yeah he uh that yeah I just went I went to work and I would have I would have days off and yeah it got got to the point where I eventually had had some conversations and it was just like do I really want to be working here and um do I am I going to start doing the right thing and um it was sort of hard because I would always have meetings like once a fortnight with like myself, my boss and HR. And it would just be like 
all these conversations of what it is that I'm doing wrong. And I'd tell them like, I, I didn't, I didn't like to drive like far from home because it like made me feel really uncomfortable and it scared me and I felt really anxious. And um, yeah, then I would talk about um, if I could start earlier so I don't have to be in peak hour traffic so I can leave earlier. So I didn't have to be in peak hour traffic and, um, they like wouldn't let me do that because they didn't seem to trust me working by myself for an hour before everyone else got into work. And, um, yeah, that was just like made it even harder for me to get, get to work every day because it was just a struggle. And, uh, I would like, I would drive to work and, um, I would always sit in like the left lane. I would always be in that left lane, even though, it might have been the slowest lane. I'd still be sitting in that left lane because if I wanted to turn around, or I could just go through a side street and I could just go go through the side streets and turn back around and go home and um, go back and isolate myself. And I did that a lot. I did that uh, probably I don't know at the start, probably like at least once or twice a week I was doing that. And so then I'd end up working maybe once a week, or sometimes I wouldn't even work at all. But yeah, I guess it wasn't like just uh, work, like going to work as well. It was, it was everything, and um, it was obviously the end of the football season um, when this was going on. It was actually in August that this was going on. Um, I, we had our uh, presentations night at the football club, and I wasn't going to go. And then I decided that I will go. And uh, yeah, I. I remember having a bit of a chat to one of the one of the guys at the football club that was a bit of an older person. I won't name who it is, but um, yeah, he has been going through a lot of depression and anxiety for a long time in his life as well. And um, he just sort of pulled me up and we we're talking about it. And um, yeah, I just sort of said to him like, "This isn't me. Like this this isn't like I don't have this shit, and I'm, I don't want to have it." And he just sort of turned around to me and said like, well, you do have it and it is you and you're going to have to accept it. And I still sort of, I guess, didn't really want to accept it, but I knew what he was saying was true. And he said like, I, said, I just like want, want the old me back. And he said that there is, this is, this is you, this is the you now. So um, there's no point of, I guess, thinking about the old you and got to do with what's in front of you and, I guess that's something that sort of always sat with me and I always have a lot of time and respect for that person for just giving me that talk. I know probably to them it was nothing, but to me it was a lot. And uh, I guess it really did open my eyes to it. And um, I guess it, it was helping me to come to terms with it all. And um, yeah, didn't make my life any easier and make having to deal with this any easier, obviously, but um, I guess I just ne really needed to put in the work and um, I started doing a lot more things like trying to trying to eat a bit healthier and um, I guess probably not even really eat healthier. It was probably more just actually eat. I, I sort of stopped eating for a long time. I, I've, I think I lost uh, 20 kilos within 12 months and I was I looked so sick and uh, there's some photos of, of me with my little nephews and I look, I look at them sometimes and uh, just, I, I don't even recognize that person that's in that photo and in those photos. And I really looked really unhealthy and um, yeah, I just can't believe 
that I was at that weight and um, now I'm close to 100 kilos and um, well around 80, 89, 90 kilos is, is what I'm sort of sitting at at the moment and um, I don't always really like the way that I look and all that but I'm I'm glad I'm living a, a lot healthier well I'm sitting at a whole lot healthier weight than what I was because I was wasting away and yeah I guess that's some of the changes I was trying to make and was trying to at least just have like some breakfast in the mornings and um, start having like banana smoothies and um, it'd give me a bit of energy and I'd feel good and think that things are going to start getting better and I guess they didn't really ever get better because I was still not putting in the work of going to my psychologist all the time and um, doing all that sort of stuff and they they did prescribe me with some medication but I just I, I'd never taken medication I've still never taken medication to this day and it's not that I'm against medication just something that I just have never wanted to do and um, I guess like I've said like my mind my mind frame is of like I can just I can beat this and um, I know that I can do it and I know I can do it on my own and I know a lot of people don't agree with me when I say that sort of stuff because they think that it's just best that I do go on medication but um, yeah something that I haven't gone on and maybe maybe if things get worse in um, for me but like maybe I might explore that option but I think I'm doing pretty well now and um, yeah, I don't, I don't have any of those sort of those panics anymore when I'm driving and don't have those panics um, about being, being places that are further away from home. Um, it's, I still do, but not, not as bad as what it used to be. And um, yeah, I struggled, I struggled a lot with that to begin with, but now I don't mind um heading away and um getting in the car going somewhere um and yeah doing all that sort of stuff so i guess there's just it's taken a long time to get here and get to where i am but um yeah i don't really know what else to say um what what other sort of things to talk about that's going to be interesting to to you guys but um i think that's probably a good start of like just to have a bit of a chat and um, hopefully some of you guys can um, sort of relate to that, I guess, with some of my like panic attacks that I was having and the way that I was feeling. And um, yeah, I hope that it, it can maybe help you guys a little bit or uh, maybe even make you realize that what what's happening to you is panic attacks that maybe you don't know what's going on. And um, yeah, just sort of seek the help that you need. And it's, it's fine. I know I've, I know that there's a lot of my friends that I've actually spoken to because I'm pretty open about this sort of stuff and um, not afraid to tell people that I've got anxiety and depression and um, I've actually had a lot of people come up to me when they when they've been drinking and um, they'll talk about how open I am about it and how it's helped them and um, I've even had a friend um, one night when we're drinking say that he actually wants wants to commit suicide he doesn't want to live anymore and um, yeah, that was just like a pretty tough thing to hear from from a friend of mine, and um, he hasn't gone through with that at all. But um, yeah, it's just uh, I guess having these conversations can help people with those feelings and those thoughts, and hopefully some of you guys can see that I've gone through it and um, I've I've come out on this other side, and I'm 
definitely a lot better now. I still have my bad days uh, a lot of the time still, but I just sort of, I guess I know how to cope with it a bit more now. And um, when I start feeling a panic, <clears throat> when I start feeling a panic coming on, I can recognize it and um, do what I need to do to, to make myself feel better. And um, that's not easy. That's not an easy thing to do. So um, it takes a lot of time and I'm, I'm definitely still not there all, all the way and have some of my bad days where I don't want to be spoken to or I don't want to, I don't want to talk to anyone. And I just want to, I guess, isolate myself. And I do still do that um, sometimes, but uh, definitely don't try to do that anymore when, when I do start feeling that, because uh, I know that by isolating myself just puts me into a rut and um, it makes it a lot harder to get out of that isolation and face the world again. And, yeah, so um, I think maybe the next episode I'm going to just try and think of some other things to talk about and maybe just some other experiences that I've had, um, maybe with some psychiatrists as well and um, maybe with work. Um, when I was working at my old job, some of the things that they were trying to push on me and um, the way that I guess that felt made me feel and um, – yeah, if there's anything else you guys want to hear about, just let me know. And um, more than happy to talk about whatever it could be. So, um, yeah, I think I'll I'll leave it at that now. Um, I hope this hasn't been boring. I haven't really had much of a structure of what I wanted to do. I just I just know that I wanted to talk about this stuff and um, hope that it helps some people. And um, yeah, I uh, hope that it's helped helped one of you or some of you or all of you, whatever it might be. Um, I just hope that, um, yeah, you guys are all safe and all okay and um, can have a bit of a chat to your friends and your family or myself or your doctor or um, Beyond Blue. They're, they're a great one. I've called them many, many times, Beyond Blue and Lifeline and um, some other other ones of those those um, helplines. They've, they've been really good um, for me in the past and, I uh, still do call them at, at from time to time. So make sure you get onto them if you need to. And um, yeah. Well, guys, there it is. The first episode is done. Thank you guys so much for coming in and having a listen and hanging out and uh, just hearing some of my stories. So I appreciate it. And I appreciate the love and support that you guys have been giving me and, uh, if you have any questions, just get on get on to me on Instagram at the Black Dog Kennel. Happy to answer some questions or even chuck some stuff in the next podcast. Uh, what you want to hear and uh, yeah, some more feedback would be great. And uh, in the meantime, just look after yourselves and stay safe. And uh, if you need some help, get get some help. And yeah, there's light at the end of the tunnel. And you guys are going to be sweet. Uh, we're all going to get through this together. And we're going to start making some changes in the world. So thank you again so much and I appreciate you all. And yeah, have a great day and I'll see you guys next time.